This is Looking for Christ, a podcast that seeks to deepen faith as we look for Christ in all of Scripture. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friend and Pastor Oren. And today we are going to be in uh, the Gospel, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Oren, do you want to read it today? Yeah, I'm going to read it, and you can do the background. Yeah. Because you preached a message on this. I did. A couple years ago. I'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, John chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six, six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw out some and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This The first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. All right. So, yeah, uh, Oren had talked about I got to preach a sermon on this. Um, I can't can't remember how long ago it was. Uh, Was Pre-COVID or post-COVID? Do you remember? Oh. I don't, I, it had to, I don't know, actually. My, sister's, my sister doesn't listen to this podcast, but she would be aghast if Burn. I couldn't remember her. Because I preached it at her wedding. I, I um, presided over the ceremony. They had already done the legal yeah. thing. Yeah. And so this was more of a, a religious ceremony that I got to partake in. And um, so something interesting about this text, and everything I am saying I have stolen com- almost completely from Dr. Keller and Dr. Clowney. Um, but something I I learned as I was preparing for uh, to give that sermon was in that day the groom had certain expectations to supply this party this feast and if he if if he wasn't able to do that then there were certain legal ramifications like lawsuits could have been levied against the groom and um, and so here the groom. Uh, not having enough wine for his guests would have certainly faced lawsuits, mm. would have certainly faced legal ramification for not being able to um, supply enough wine for his guests, which is kind of interesting to think about. Um, yeah. uh, like, I guess the wedding ceremonies were, uh, can you imagine getting getting sued for yeah, not for sure. uh, supplying enough wine yeah, to um, yeah. your wedding guests? Yeah, sure. uh, but in that day and age, it was um, it could have happened. And so Jesus comes on the scene, and I like that his his uh, his mother uh, he kind of, kind of like elbows him and says, "Hey, uh, the wine ran out." Uh, we are they? She just says they have no wine. Yeah. Elbow, elbow. Yeah. I know yeah. you can do something about it. He's like, "Yes, so." Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that's what's so interesting is Jesus is pretty stark yeah. with her. He yeah. he has some harsh words. Some of the translations try to lessen. I think the NIV tries to lessen it. Um, but the ESV kind of keeps how stark it is. Woman, 
what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And, um, and that, that line, my hour has not yet come. There's a couple things that, that are in view there. The immediate one is obviously, um, supplying enough wine, like 150 barrels or gallons of wine would have been pretty apparent. Yeah. And like everyone would have turned their eyes to whoever was able to do this. And so, um, that let's sign, just, let's just stop for a second. Here. Yeah. It says st- six stone water jars. Yeah. Of 20 to 30 gallons. Oh, 20 or 30 gallons. Sorry. Each. Oh, oh, each. That's right. Yeah. 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 180 gallons That's right. of yeah. wine. Right. After they had already drunk the other stuff, mm-hmm. who knows how many other gallons that had already what's been that, there? What's that tell us, Baptist? <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole village was invited. Let's be honest. <laughs> there could have been hundreds and hundreds of people there. So anyway, just a side note. Uh, right. So I'm glad you said that because that's where the, the math is coming from. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so what's in view there is Jesus saying, my hour has not yet come. It would have turned heads. Yeah. It would have. He would have been made apparent that he's the Messiah. He's somebody. Mm-hmm if he can do this miraculous thing. Another thing that's in view there is Jesus's mother is asking him to, um, to supply what the groom mm-hmm. supplies. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus knows he's looking forward. He's looking in the future and he knows that he will one day have a wedding feast as well, yeah. that he will be um, a bridegroom one day um, welcoming all those um uh, that are uh, united to his bride, mm-hmm. the church. And so he's he's looking at, and that's where the starkness comes from, right? Yeah. Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yeah. yet come. He yeah. knows what it's going to take yeah. in order to get there. And it's it's he knows that it's, his hour's not yet come. The other interesting part about this is we see the cross, we see the gospel here. Mm-hmm. The lawsuits could have been levied against the groom, yeah. And but what happens? Jesus performs the miracle, and Jesus's good work is now seen um, as if the groom had done it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's as if the groom was supplying the wine. Right? Yeah. We go down to the master of the feast. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it come from. Came from though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, this is the guy who didn't supply enough wine. Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you, right? Mm -hmm. He's not the one that supplied it, but he's getting credit for it. But you have kept the good wine until now. Man, and when when you think about that in terms of what Jesus does for us on the cross, um, it's almost a one-to-one application where... All these the the legality of God's or the 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 authority of God's law being placed on us, mm-hmm. us falling completely short of it, and yet Jesus goes to the cross, performs and lives a good life, a perfect life, mm-hmm. and then what's Colossians? Um, I'll pull it up. Well, no, I don't have it. Um, Colossians three, but our lives are hidden in Him. Yeah, hidden. Yeah. yeah. So when when God sees us, He sees Christ's yeah. good works for us with Christ in God. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. So I got a couple questions for you. And I'll, I'll give my own thoughts on this. But what do you make of um, verse 11? The first of his signs, Jesus did at Canaan and Galilee and manifested his glory. How does how, what, what, do you, what do you see here as regards to, uh, obviously, turning water into wine is a, a molecular miracle. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he's literally changing the composition of mm-hmm. this chemical. But but how was this his glory when he fades into the All right, I have, I'll have a I'll have a... Uh... 
a uh, facetious question for you after this sure. too. Okay. But anyway, okay. yeah. Like, like, what do you like? What do you have? What do you see here? Because I think the next sentence explains a little bit of that. And his disciples believed in him. Mm-hmm. Who did, who did he do this for? So God glorifies Himself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's just because who He is. Sure. But when He glorifies Himself, this amazing thing happens, and people like it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of the um, when Christ is transfigured on the yeah. mount. Yeah. Um, and you can't like Peter's like, I should we build a temple here? I don't know what to do here. Let's mm-hmm. make houses so we can live here forever. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. he's just talking nonsense because he just wants to be there. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to behold. You know, we've talked about that several times on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so Christ just being Himself manifests glory. Yeah. Like it, okay. it, it becomes self-evident that He is, and we've seen that in the past interactions with sure. Nathaniel for yeah. certain, yeah. where he comes skeptical, spends a, and and Jesus just says, "I saw you over there." Yeah, right. Saw you. Saw you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know you. I know what you were thinking of. I know your heart. Mm-hmm. And um, and Nathaniel says, "You are the Christ, the Son of God," or yeah. you know whatever his confession was. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I think that's kind of what's in view there. Like God just can't help but glorify himself and then yeah. people are attracted yeah, to it. Yeah, but how does Jesus get the glory if no one notices or even gives him credit for it? Mm. I th- I think I think we see the greatest manifestation of Christ's glory in the transformation of lives. Mm. And his disciples believed in him. Yeah. So he did this for the for the bridegroom mm. and but he didn't get credit. The disciples knew what he did. Because yeah. they were probably sitting with his mother. It says it says that Mary was there. It's yeah. possible that Mary and this and, and these these Jewish weddings were village events. Everyone was invited, but it, it John goes to say here Jesus also was invited. Mm. So does that mean that Jesus maybe wasn't living in Nazareth at the time and in, in the village? Mm. Maybe he was living in Capernaum or elsewhere. Maybe you know. We we don't know exactly where he was in these moment in this particular time, but it's possible that Jesus wasn't living in his hometown, but he probably would have known some of these people, yeah, because he grew up with them, and he was invited, and his disciples came with him. So imagine a, a wedding reception, and people are sitting at round tables, kind of all over the reception hall, eating the food and drinking whatever's available. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is probably sitting with his disciples, and they hear the conversation between him and his mother. And they're like, well, what's he going to do? What's, the, what's you know? And then they come back and they're serving this wine out of water. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. And, and it's I, good. I think the, the key here is, and his disciples believed in him. Yeah. They saw what he could do. Yeah. Not only had he compelled them to follow him, as we mm-hmm. saw last week with Nathaniel and Philip, but now he's showing them who he is. He's manifesting his glory in transforming lives. He yeah. transformed the life of that bridegroom and the bride by providing wine for all of the attendees of that wedding. Right. Was, and the groom knew he didn't have enough. The, Let's be real. The yeah. groom knew yes. I don't. I did not have this much exactly. wine. Where is this coming from? Yeah. And, and look, maybe maybe uh, they underestimated how much people were going to drink. <laughs> maybe they. Can you imagine them sweating oh, in the background? Like, because like, we did this at my wedding, where we didn't we didn't have enough food for everyone that was there. Yeah. And Faith's mom was real quick, and she started serving on smaller plates. Yeah. Smart. And so automatically we had yeah. enough food. I remember that. I remember. I remember that day. So, so you can imagine the pressure the bridegroom was under, and maybe his family. It says the master of the feast. This probably would have been a figure in the community that probably ran weddings, like a wedding coordinator type person. Mm-hmm. But their job was to make sure everybody had a great time and to make sure that it followed the right ceremonial plan. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of religion mixed in with this. This wasn't just a party. Right. There was a lot of religious 
uh, steps they, they took for the whole thing to work properly. So this person would have been the MC of these weddings in this village. So it was his job to make sure everybody was having fun. Mm. And he double checks with the, the groom, maybe the father of the groom, possibly, to say, you guys got enough wine? Oh, yeah, we got plenty. And then they run out, and they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> That's dishonor, yep. right? You lose respect from your peers. You could get sued, as you said before. A lot of bad things could happen. Jesus rescues them by from suffering the penalty of all that shame they would yeah. have felt. But in the end, the transformation, we, what, what, what I'm reading here, his disciples saw him do this. Mm-hmm. They saw his glory. No one else really probably did, maybe, maybe, maybe Mary. Yeah. But his disciples were the one that saw what he did, and they went, whoa, yeah, this guy's for real. Right. And then he goes to Capernaum with his disciples. They go with him and Mary and his brothers. They went back to, to stay there. And so one of the things we have to always look for if we're following Jesus he is always showing us who he is mm. and we should see what he does as glorious right this is not about the fact that water turned to wine although that's incredible <laughs> it's what Jesus was doing why he was doing it right he's re- rescuing this family from shame mm-hmm. and he's showing his disciples this is who I am trust me yeah and Early on, if you read the Gospels, the Gospel writers tell you, and the disciples believed in him, or they believed him. They make a point to tell you. Now, you would assume, well, they already believed, right? Well, maybe not everything. Maybe, mm. maybe not enough. In fact, certainly not not enough, because you don't, you don't see their growth until way later, really. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is proving himself to them by manifesting who he is. When Christ works in the lives of people to transform them, you see his glory. That's what makes Christ glorious is he takes broken sinners and makes us whole, yeah. right? That's the, the glorious thing. And so if you read John 17, that high priestly prayer, right? Mm. Jesus says, I manifested my glory to them. He's praying to God. I manifested my glory to them that they may share in that glory, mm. right? So that work that Christ does in the lives of people helps them to see who God is, which is what Jesus came to do, to show the world who God is by being God in the flesh, Yeah. right? And so this miracle that he performed, the first one he performs of many is a manifestation of his glory to those who need to know who he is and believe. Now, how does that translate to our world today? Are we performing miracles so that people believe? Well, you and I are walking miracles, aren't we? Right. I mean, We're not every, performing them, we are them. We are, we are the miracle yeah. that Christ has performed. And mm-hmm. I can tell you firsthand where I would be had it not been for Jesus. And yeah. most Christians should be able to tell you that story. And, and think, not look back on it fondly. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I love those days when I was a sinner. Now I'm just a follower of Jesus. Oh, those testimonies wear me out, man. It's so bad. I'm not going to get on that, on that rant. But but I I think the... Um, the, the the and also I, I just I just recognized the servants knew what Jesus did too. Yeah. So it wasn't just the disciples. The servants. Right. It says here they they but they knew. Yeah. Right. Well, I think you touched on this earlier too. So I definitely agree with all that. But there's another thing I think at play. It's, it just speaks to the paradoxical nature of our faith. Yeah. Where Jesus didn't get recognition. But at the same time, he is. Yes. And so it's like, it's one of those where the last shall be first, the first shall be last. And where Jesus talks about, don't let your uh, right hand know what your left hand's Mm -hmm, doing. mm -hmm. Um, There's this, but your father in heaven sees these things. Um, Right. That's. And John wrote it down. Right. So. Yep. So he didn't get glory necessarily from the people (laughs) on that day, (laughs) but he has been celebrated worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. So think about the glory is really his in the end. Yeah. Right. Even though he may not have gotten cheered for it on that, on that day. Yeah. Right. 
that's something worth thinking about. So what's your facetious question? Uh, uh, so it's not facetious, it's snarky. I, I chose okay. the wrong word because okay. I think facetious means sarcastic. It's not. It's a little bit sarcastic. But you talked about how um, Jesus molecularly changed the water into wine. Yeah. There is certain tradition that holds this view about the Lord's Supper. <laughs> <laughs> so does Jesus not perform this miracle today? Well, well, it depends on which, <laughs> on which form of substantiation you are, but you could just drink water then, right? Uh -huh. And it could become wine once you ingest it. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't prepared for these. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Let's get into it. Yeah, so you know, if we're maybe avoiding the, uh, the the big gorilla as Baptist in the room about the wine, the whole wine part here. Makes, oh yeah, makes a lot of Baptists real uncomfortable. Yeah, and the reality not is, me. Well, a lot. I said a lot, not all. A lot of Baptists uncomfortable. And the reality is, in these days, they had water or wine to drink, and that was it. Yeah. And it wasn't like there was a Welch's factory down the street that was putting, <laughs> you know, loads of sugar in bottles with with grape juice and turning it yeah. into grape juice. You know, this was wine. They they had you had to preserve it. Mm -hmm. You squeeze the grapes. You had to preserve it somehow. Yeah. So that wine was the way they preserved it. So well, and a lot of where Baptists are today historically comes from, um, was it the abolition? Is yeah. that, is that slave? What's the, uh, Pro prohibition. Prohibition. Yeah. Um, abolition would have been a term that some of them would probably would have liked to have used, but it was prohibition. Yeah. 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 And, and so you, you kind of had to go through that to see the, the damage that everything caused yeah. to, to want to prohibit yeah. alcohol. Yeah. And then we're just sort of like, a. The remnants, the the 20th century remnants of that, or what we're experiencing even today, yeah. is where we just yeah. there's there's the stereotype of Baptist not um, right. right liking alcohol. But if you go back to the 17th century, the 18th century, mm -hmm. this like they would have been having wine yeah. in the Lord's Supper. Like yeah. Baptists would have been having wine in the Lord's it Supper. It wasn't awkward until the 20th century, yeah. right? Yeah, because yeah. where you saw the damage that alcohol yeah. was yeah. Um, doing to people at that yeah. time. And so, so here's the deal, Zach. And I have differing differing practices in life, <laughs> but we don't. Have, we're not weird about it. Like it's fine. Yeah, it's perfectly right. fine. I mean, you're so, weird, but uh, well, with but it. that's that's just in all cases. <laughs> so this, I love this um, this story because of the way that Jesus, as you mentioned before, does this incredible thing, mm. and then just sort of fades. Yeah, and just goes home. Like he just goes home. Mm -hmm. He's like, here you go, have a fun. I'm out. Yeah. And since then, we've been glorifying him for this beautiful manifestation of his glory. Um, and the change of water to wine is a small thing compared to the transformation of a human heart mm. from rebel to child, you know, from, from cursed to blessed, mm. you know, from lost to redeemed. Like that's the most beautiful miracle in all of creation. And so um, I think that's, that's what we, that's what, what I see here in this text that, um, that hope, yeah. hopefully can can bless people's lives. Yeah, we definitely don't want to bury the lead. We want to see Christ's atoning sacrifice for us, even in this work of um, changing water into wine. And until next time, Lord, help us to turn our eyes to Jesus.